This is Creepy and Geeky. Hey, all you creeps and geeks, I'm your host, Robert, and today is episode five in my Friday the 13th series. On today's episode, we will be talking about Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, and Jason X. Joining me for this excursion is returning guest Hugh McStay. Hugh is a horror writer and a critic for the London Horror Society, and he's the co-host of two great podcasts that I've had the opportunity to be on as a guest, Vampire Videos and Podcast 616. Welcome back to the show, Hugh. Oh, Robert, thank you so much for having me. This is uh, this has been a lot of fun getting to revisit some of these movies. <laughs> well, I suppose fun is a very subjective term, isn't it? But yeah, yeah it was definitely it was an interesting event. Yes, yes. Very subjective. Very, very subjective. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, this, <laughs> this unfortunately is the episode that I've dreaded the most. <laughs> oh, don't you worry about that, Robert. Boy, do I have things to say about each of these films. Awesome. Yes. Yes. I have, I have a few, a, a few little tidbits as well. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump right in. We're going to yeah. jump right into uh, uh, Jason goes to hell. Uh, the Jason. final Friday. This is the first of the new line cinema uh, movies. Uh, so this is why it doesn't have uh, Friday the 13th in the title. Mm. Um, and uh a whole host of other issues. Uh, <laughs> this is uh yeah, Paramount Paramount was done after number 8. They were like screw this, tired of these movies. They don't make us any money. Well, at least number 8 was like a a big uh a big bomb for them. And mm-hmm. so they said screw it. We don't want to deal with it anymore. And they'd been trying to kill this series like every <laughs> like every one they put out, they were they were literally hoping it was the last one. And so <laughs> they uh they said, "Screw it! We'll sell off the the the, the Jason name to uh, New Line." And Sean Cunningham got a hold of it, and he made these movies. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, so, so yeah. So, I didn't see these until I think just a couple of years ago. That mm-hmm. like both of these, um, you know, especially J- Jason goes to hell. Um, I you know once I picked up the. Um, when I got into horror really big uh, back in mm-hmm. 2018, I of course picked up the uh, the the you know here in the U.S. Uh, they had an eight uh, disc uh, collection of the first eight movies, and then I had to hunt down uh, DVD copies of um, Jason uh, Goes to Hell and Jason X, which sucked because <laughs> they didn't have Blu-ray copies at the time. It makes so, me so and- sad that you had to go out of your way to find these films. That just made it know. what what an event. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's the sad thing. And like, eventually, though, eventually, I finally got that. Like, I, I, I now have the nice Blu-ray collection from Scream Factory, um, mm-hmm. which you know doesn't make these movies any better. But you know, <laughs> I have the, I now have them on Blu-ray, so they look a little bit better. Uh, so, when was your first time seeing these, or seeing seeing at least J- Jason Goes to Hell? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was. I, I was a massive fan of these films as a kid, the, the Friday oh, yeah. the 13th movies, not specifically Same. these ones, uh, but a massive <laughs> fan growing up. I, I was one of those kids who was allowed to watch these movies far too early. Um, I think Same. some of my earliest memories, like maybe five and six years old, were watching Friday <laughs> the 13th with my, my dad. So like, um, you know, these were kind of like, these are in my blood, these films, even though uh, having revisited them all, I'm not the biggest fan <laughs> of the franchise in general. There are certainly yeah. some spotty moments. But Jason Goes to Hell um, is one I only ever saw once, and I saw it when it was oh. released in 93. Uh, I remember renting it from the video store, and I, I, as a kid, my hazy memory of it was, this, is, this, this isn't this is a Friday the 13th film. This is barely a, a horror film. It's yeah. barely a film, let's be honest. It's barely a yeah. film. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that was the first time I saw it. And so sitting down to watch this uh, two nights ago with my daughter, uh, yes, I, I made her watch both of these movies with me. That in <laughs> itself was an event. Um, so, yeah, I watched this the other night for the first time, realistically, in about, well, but what's that, nearly 30 years exactly, almost. Yeah, yeah, 30 years. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, 
Yeah, the, the, it's, it's it's a whole lot of film, um, and <laughs> and I, I still having watched it quite closely and taken lots of notes. I still don't really know if I could tell you what what was actually happening for most of the <laughs> runtime, but I'm willing to give it a good go, Robert. I'm willing to give it a good go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I like you know, I I. You know, I I likewise grew up with the with these uh, with the Paramount Eight, the original Eight. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. In the um, in, in the eighties, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, it it you know it, it Jason at that time was huge. He was he was it was Jason, Freddie, Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. They were the big dogs of horror, um, during that time period. And it's like, and those eight movies, as much as they are not really the greatest at times they are fun and and dumb and yeah just you can you can actually still have some fun with them yeah, um, that, that's, whereas... that's the word that's the exact word is fun you know those first yeah. films are fun above all else you know you can as you said you can enjoy them on that level yeah and then just jason goes to hell just kind of like takes everything throws it all away like you don't even have jason throughout most of the movie i know i know it's just it's <laughs> and don't get me wrong i actually admire them for trying to do something different in, in this series and try to, to go okay you know what we're gonna take it we're gonna introduce this weird like thing mm-hmm. um and and like reading up on some of this on 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 what the issues were and some of the ideas they had for this and everything and why it kind of became this mess is fascinating. Yes. Um, that was one of the too many cooks things. in the kitchen. Yeah. That was one of the exciting things for me as well was after watching it, trying to put together some production history <laughs> on it. Like who, who sanctioned any of this, who put any of this together and allowed it to be shown to people. Um, it, it's, it's remarkable that this film was released in, in the, the state oh, that yeah. it currently sits in. Um, as I said, like it, it's borderline schizophrenic. It doesn't really know what kind of film it's meant to be. Um, you know, we, we, we want a slasher movie. You know, we're tuned into Jason Voorhees. We want yeah. to see him like hacking slashes way through a bunch of horny, uh, you know, drugged up teenagers on Camp Crystal Lake. That's why I'm sitting down to watch the movies. And what they give us is this weird supernatural psychodrama um, with one of the all time bonkers uh, horror characters in Creighton Duke, who I, I have many yeah. things to <laughs> say on, on Creighton Duke. We'll, we'll get to him in due course, Robert. But yes, believe yes. you me, I have things to say about that man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was reading that the uh, the director, uh, Adam Marcus, I think yes. obviously this was like his first time out. and Very first movie, yeah. Yeah, but I read that, he, that nobody was viewing the dailies on this film. Like, yeah, just, record, just recording loads and loads, and not checking to see if any of it was usable. Um, I, I mean that that's that. The minute I read that, it's like everything started to just sort of drop into place. It's like ah, okay, right. So it's understandable that none of it makes sense because it was being done by a director who was a little bit sort of maybe out of his, out of his league at this point, maybe not ready for a feature movie. And uh, what he put together is, is bonkers. And it's so disappointing because I mean, <laughs> I love, I love that opening scene, the pre credit scene. The, the, yeah. And, and, I, and I remember that, that really strongly. That's the only part, part of this film I actually remembered, as it turns out. Um, but I remember It's that, the only know, part of the movie that's really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's, what, it's one of the few parts of the movie where Jason is on screen, and it's like, right, this is clever. And, and I was watching it thinking, like, oh, well, so it's like a sort of, me- it's a really sort of meta reimagining of the of the, the Jason story and, you know, moving him into the sort of the, this, the modern world, the, oh God, the modern world of 1993, yeah. uh, you know, dragging him four into the short world. years from the last time he was around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then, I mean, even, even that, even that, when the FBI, like, is that FBI? Is that standard FBI protocol when they're trying to hunt down a killer? It's like they just descend from the trees with machine guns and rocket launchers. Um, it was. It's so funny. It is so funny. Yeah. And my, uh, my 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 daughter, who's sixteen, she's sitting watching this with me. And when they when they blew Jason up and start the film, she just kind of muttered to herself like, "Hmm, th- this doesn't seem legal somehow. I don't, I don't feel that this is legal." I was like, "Yeah, I think you might be right, honey. I think you might be right. I think there may be some uh, there's maybe some constitutional issues that you, d- you deal with here." Um, but yeah, from that but from that moment on, it just degenerates into. Like I said, it's not even a Jason movie after that because no. the supernatural turn that it takes, I, I found infuriatingly dreadful and 
an almost nonsensical at most points. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's so the interesting thing about this too, is not only did Adam Marcus just kind of like the part of it was a bad script to begin with. It was a mishmash mm-hmm. of a script um, that they had put together over like Sean Cunningham and another writer had put together over like a weekend to try to put, put something together to get filmed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, ultimately all of this actually comes down on Sean Cunningham. I don't think Adam Marcus did a great job at all, but mm-hmm. it still falls on Sean Cunningham because even after they found out, okay, they finally looked at all the dailies and saw he was doing crap. Sean Cunningham came in and did a bunch of reshoots. That's yes. when you should have made it. That's when he should have made the movie better. He had to reshoot <laughs> like half the movie. Yes. So like, that's when you start to make the connections to like make all these pieces make sense. And it didn't work. It did, like it made it worse. I feel in a lot of ways, it just, there was too many things going on. And like, you know, like you mentioned that Creighton Duke piece was like, there's supposed to be more backstory to him. And it's supposed to <laughs> like have all this stuff going throughout the, uh, apparently throughout the whole series, but it's like, it, it never gets fully alluded to. It's, it's just, it's just weird. Plot lines just drop in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. And a lot of this goes into Sean Cunningham reportedly said to Adam Marcus, to get that damn hockey mask out of the movie. Mm. Why? That's that's Jason. That's what everybody wanted to see. Nobody wanted to see whatever this was. They wanted to see Jason wreck and shop. Yeah, fundamentally misunderstanding your target audience uh, from the outset with that kind of chat. And like, I I, I agree entirely with you with, with what you said in terms of like, Creighton Duke is like a great example of everything wrong with this film. So like, where do I start with this guy? Where do I start? Um, they 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 make they make allusions to some grand mythology that he yep. seems to know that no one else knows. And uh, as I was watching this film, I was, I was racking my brain because it's been a while since I've seen some of the earlier Friday the Thirteenth movies, and I was thinking, is, is this in the earlier films? Um, did, did Jason have a sister? Was that kind of alluded to? Uh, you know, how does how does he know? how how to kill Jason. He seems to know specifically how to do it. Um and obviously the answer to the, all my questions was no no none of it was in any of the, of the other films. <laughs> it's it's all in a script that never actually get put together, never actually get filmed. And yep. um I mean th- there's a moment towards the end of the film where I swear I thought I was going to die uh when when Jason or the, the Jason character when Creighton Duke just leaps on him at the end and kind of like grabs him and he says, remember me and like, what? No, of course he doesn't remember you. Nobody, what's happening? Who are you? And and everything about Creighton Duke's character. I mean, so initially I was watching the thing. So is, is this guy meant to be our our protagonist? Because because boy, oh boy, do we have problems if this is our protagonist? Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're doing the word association thing on um on American Case File, and it's like a. I think they mentioned Jason. He says, oh, yeah, reminds me of a little girl in a pink dress pushing a hot dog <laughs> through a donut. Like, what? <laughs> Did, I, I've got to imagine he ad-libbed that. There's no way someone wrote that down for another person to say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and when when they do reveal that, obviously, they, in fact, they don't reveal, having read up on no. it, the, the revelation is that, obviously, his, his girlfriend was killed by Jason uh, many years ago, which was going to be included in the script, but ultimately wasn't. Um, so that end scene makes no sense, and he, and even then, if you if you examine that with any great detail, it falls apart. So he was wanting half a million dollars to take out Jason, but apparently it's some sort of like blood vendetta against him anyway. So yeah, it, like you said, it's like two or three scripts all like pushing up against each other yeah. that don't make any sense. And like every time Creighton Duke walks on street uh, on screen, I just had more questions. Like, how did he end up in jail? You know, you, you see him kind of like walking out. He doesn't get arrested in that opening scene, not really. And no. suddenly he's in jail for the rest of the film. And then suddenly he's out of jail again, like without any explanation as to how he escaped. Um, he's dressed like The Undertaker from the WWE. I, I read that <laughs> apparently Stephen Williams would, would only play the role if he was allowed to dress as a cowboy. What? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah. having that they, as a writer. And they said yes. Like, they were like, <laughs> okay, sure. Like. And, I read that they turned down Tony Todd. In, Tony Todd, uh, yeah. yeah. 
oh my honestly the, the more i dig into this film the more questions that i have about oh, it yeah. it's utterly insane like um another big question maybe you can help me out here robert maybe i missed something right when uh when when steve's in jail with creighton duke and, and he's trying to like get information out of him about right. how they take down jason and he breaks his fingers after every question yeah why like, what, what, what? he's like oh every everyone's got a price this is a steep price you need to pay uh, uh, what? Who, who are you? Are you the million dollar man from the WWE? <laughs> Everybody's got a... Pr- oh, oh, honestly, it is yeah. bonkers. No, that's again one of those weird things in this movie that makes no sense. Later on, the the guy's fingers who's broken doesn't seem to have any problem with his <laughs> hands. <laughs> yes, it's, yes, that's absolutely true. Yep. There's, there's so many inconsistencies with this movie and it's just, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> and so... Part of this was also not only did he like Sean Cunningham want to get the hockey mask out of the movie, which was weird, um, but like they also <laughs> just ignored everything, which was fine. They they were ignoring everything that happened post uh, one and like parts of number two. Like they, yeah, they yeah, only yeah. use bits and pieces of the sequels. Um, and so they kind of left everything else on the floor. It was kind of kind of like a, you know, Halloween 2018 where they mm-hmm. kind of just ignored everything that went in between fine that's that's okay if you want to do that you want to create your own mythology blah 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 but make it make sense yeah. like you know at least if you're gonna have the Creighton Duke thing have flashbacks to him and his girlfriend when they were younger and you know fill in those plot holes in, in some yeah. way shape or form that makes it like make a whole other movie before you make this movie like <laughs> like just there's there's so many weird problems with that yeah and how do you like that's what baffles me tony todd they turned tony todd down tony Tony todd Todd was in Candyman the year before this like (sighs) tony todd was a star at that point a horror (laughs) star and you turn him down like i must have been a money thing like they were just like yeah we don't want to pay tony todd the money that he's gonna want for this it's like every stupid decision like they chose they chose the wrong one every time yeah, do you think the casting directors when faced with either Stephen Williams and Tony Todd were like, hushed whispers amongst each other? Like, yeah, but Tony Tony won't dress as a cowboy though, so maybe we do need to go with uh, Steve Williams. Yeah, let's, Steve, you've got the part, buddy. We, we love your moxie, and you know anybody who's going to insist on that kind of stuff is is, is all good with me. Um, but but even like you said, I mean, a cursory two lines of dialogue to explain his connection to Jason would have been enough to yeah. kind of make it make some sort of sense. It would still have been dreadful. Let's not lie to each other. It would have been dreadful. But at yeah. least it would have made sense and I could have followed the story. None of the story makes any sense. All of the yeah. characters are, I mean, again, characters is using that, that is giving them too much credit. They aren't characters. They're just people on screen saying words. There's yeah. no emotional beats to follow. None of the characters seem to have any real uh, connection to each other either. Even when they're in the same room talking to each other, they might as well just be reading something off an autocue because <laughs> at, at no point is there any stakes established that are, that are of any real relevance. All the stuff about Jason suddenly becoming this parasitic demon who can jump from body to body. Like, oh, like who came up with that idea? Like... To, to turn the whole thing into this a weird supernatural horror and take it completely away from its its roots is such a, a, an ill judged uh, move on their part. And um, the one of the biggest things that bothered me, I need to get this off my chest. A good thirty percent of that film's finale plays out in slow motion. Um, like <laughs> I, I may have asked you this before, Robert, but have you ever seen a, a British show called uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? I've I've seen an episode. I haven't watched yeah. much of it yet. I need to watch more of it. There's a running gag in that where Garth Marenghi is always running down the corridors in slow motion, and uh, it it cuts back to like uh, the directors talking about the scenes and they say, "Yeah, we had to shoot uh, something like twenty five percent of the episodes in slow motion just to drag out the runtime because we didn't have enough in the can." And when I was watching this, it's like, "Is that what they're doing?" Because that's what it feels like. Uh, it just feels like they're doing whatever they can to like, oh god, we're, we're at seventy minutes. We really need to get this to at least eighty. So just have them move in slow motion for a while. Um, and I read that the the director shot an eight minute slow motion shootout in the diner. <laughs> like, what utter madness! Again, it just it just speaks to that idea of nobody on set knowing what they were doing 
and the director himself not really having anybody looking over his shoulder to kind of keep him on on track. When you consider he's a first time director, and I don't want to be too, I am being harsh because it does the film deserves it, but I don't want to be too harsh on Adam Marcus because it's a first time effort, and you have to be understanding right. of that. But that's when you rely on the production company and the producers maybe just having one hand on the wheel to make sure that. Right, we may not have a great film on our hands here, but we do have something that is cohesive and coherent and that people can watch and it makes sense. Yeah. But th- th- this film feels that test almost every single go. And um, I- I'm not even that against the idea of like rejigging the-, the mythology. I mean, let- lots of horror films do that, don't they? From sequel yeah. to sequel, they just you know do their own thing. And-, and I'm largely forgiving of that. But you need to tell us what that mythology is. You can't just yeah. <laughs> you, you can't just assume that well they'll pick it up as they go. Um, like now you're definitely the guy to speak to about this, Robert. Um, the <laughs> Evil Dead references in this film. Yes, uh, yes, but, I was going to go into that. Yeah, yeah. So there's this whole what the like, hell. <laughs> <laughs> so he couldn't legally use it and couldn't legally <laughs> reference it. So they're Easter eggs. But oh, yeah, the director yeah, yeah. has gone on record and has said that those Easter eggs are there because he wanted to connect it. And basically this is how he did it. He, he said that Jason's mom, Pamela Voorhees uh, used the Necronomicon to um, raise Jason back. And then mm-hmm. Jason is effectively a deadite. Hmm. So while I think that's a admirable idea um, <laughs> as, as a, as a huge fan of the evil dead series, um, that I the execution obviously because they couldn't get the rights to to actually do that yeah, yeah, uh, yeah kind of hampered that and kind of put a kind of put a like you know it <laughs> it just is one more of those little things that like mm-hmm. you know because they focus on it like it'd be one thing if you just happen to see it in the background and you're like oh Necronomicon but they actually focus on it he turns the pages of it and it's like what the why <laughs> what does that mean you know See, and at, so, the, at the point where they find the necronomicon like because he can't reference it but he practically as you say he holds up he's looking through it he may as well turn to the camera at that point and wink at the audience yeah. for how heavy-handed it is it's like oh and like the, the Voorhees house itself as well you just think did did the director watch the halloween movies maybe and just get confused it's like, oh yeah, you know, he always returns to his to the Voorhees house. It's like, yeah. are, you, are you sure that are you sure you watch the right movies there, buddy? Because, and and again, uh, after this film, I was like furiously uh, scribbling around on the internet looking for, oh, what what film did they establish the Voorhees house in? It's like, oh, it's it's this film, it's this film. Yep. It wasn't a yep. thing previously. Um, yep. Never heard about a sister. Never heard about a Voorhees house. No. <laughs> never heard about any of this stuff before. And again, this wouldn't be a bad thing if uh-huh. they had established it either early on in the movie or had continued the plot lines in a coherent way because they do establish mm-hmm. that he's got a this sister and i'm like okay cool he's got a sister like what what does that mean like i could understand that like you know potentially mm-hmm. being being a good plot line that you know we didn't hear about in the in, in the other ones because we were yeah. focused solely on jason and panel never mentions it you know so you know it's it's an interesting idea, but it just literally gets dropped halfway through anyway, because mm-hmm. his sister dies. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, what? Like, yeah. where? <laughs> it's just, I don't understand what is going on with this movie. There's too many plot lines that get dropped mm-hmm. and go nowhere just, or, or get introduced like the evil dead reference. Um, it's just so much weird shit that gets pulled into this movie uh, yeah. that like, like you said, he's cribbing from other movies, Halloween, evil dead, you mm-hmm. know, all this stuff. And that's, again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just make it make sense. And this movie's such a, 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 a bad stew of <laughs> ideas that, and again, this is what bothers me the most about it is that Sean Cunningham, the guy who's supposed to be yeah. the guy who directed the first one mm-hmm. um, and who's supposed to be steering all this, just kind of went okay whatever you know and even when he did put a, his hand into it he didn't make it better yeah um, I, and that's what just drives me crazy about this whole situation sure the director was not great but you was the producer and who had to take over directing for mm-hmm. a bit then didn't do something better didn't make it make better sense and then new yeah. line went ahead and released it 
<laughs> like to, to go, I mean, like to go back to what we were saying a bit earlier about the, you know, not looking at the dailies. And um, so they once they'd finished the initial shoot, they'd something like 45 to 50 minutes of usable footage. Yeah. <laughs> um, and apparently the rest was done with reshoots and repurposed footage. So I'm yeah. going to, I mean, I, I don't know if I can put myself through this again, but I would be keen to go, now that I know that, I'd be keen to go back through and look to see what bits are clearly just, you know, repurposed uh, in order to kind of drag out the runtime a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And you're mentioning there about them cribbing from other movies. Yep, that you're spot on, but wouldn't it have been lovely if they'd cribbed from some of the Friday the 13th movies? Uh, that, that would have made my day. Absolutely. That's all I could yeah. think was like, well, I appreciate all these references, but like, could we have anything from the, the last few films? I mean, that that would be great. Um, a couple, one other thing I noticed that was that really bothered me was the um, a lot of the the not gore so much, but a lot of the deaths and you know the stabbings and murders occur slightly off screen as well. Like, mm. does not doesn't I mean, don't you know, there's that amazing melting effect of one of the characters later in the film, yeah. which is genuinely gruesome and horrible, but. Up until that point, it's a largely sort of like dull affair as well. For yeah. as many people are being killed, you only ever really see someone's reaction to it or the aftermath of it. And again, look, I'm not a I'm not a, a monster. I'm not some evil creature. But if I'm putting on a, a Friday the Thirteenth movie, I want to see some inventive kills. I want to see something a little bit bonkers and a little bit you know gruesome. And um, for all its faults, Jason X at least knows exactly what it is. Um, yeah, and yeah. We'll, we'll come on. Obviously, we will come on to that in a bit. But I, I am much, much fonder of Jason X. I've got a lot of things to say there. But um, <laughs> with regards to this film, like I said, it, it doesn't seem to know what it is. And you know, characters are, are so weird. They're so weird in this, and some of them are are hilarious. But I don't think any of them are intentionally hilarious. Like um, the, the host of um of the tv show what was it called again yeah. american case file um american case Files, yeah. yeah robert campbell he is fantastic he is like he is the devil incarnate when you listen to some of the stuff that <laughs> yeah. he's doing in this film look i mean don't get me wrong american case file itself would oh god i wish there was a film like that, a tv show like that in real life covering <laughs> uh you know up-to-date murders and everything going on because it is so cheesy tacky hokey tasteless all these things but it's it's so addictive like I, I, I know i would tune into that every without fail um but like when when he's wandering around uh the Voorhees house where he's, he's planning to do his live recording from later yeah and he's like he's casually talking to his producer back in in new york or la and oh yeah you know i i, I stole Diana's body from the from the morgue and i've stuffed her in the closet so she can fall out later on the girl that i'm banging oh yeah that's right i'm banging her daughter as well like <laughs> Oh my god, you're the most evil man in the history of the Friday the thirteenth movies. Um yeah, but he, yeah, he's more evil than Jason is at absolutely, this point. Yeah. Yeah. But like yeah. I, I can't tell if they know that that's what they're doing. I'm inclined to believe they don't, just from the, the, the tone of everything yeah. else. This just feels like this feels like a first right, that character. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a, a first go at yeah. making someone a bit sleazy, but they've gone too far. And again, yeah. there's nobody who looked at the script to say, yeah, I would uh, I'd maybe tone that down a little bit, just just so that we can still believe in him as a human being. Because at this yeah. point, he's like two steps away from being like the you know one of the kings of hell. So yeah, we need we need to yeah. get on top of that, my friend. Well, I think it's funny you mentioned the, the the lack of gore and stuff like that, and that's actually pretty indicative of the series as a whole. Uh, you that's look back true. at the Paramount mm-hmm. Eight, um, and they are fairly like. You know, a couple here and there have some good gore uh, and stuff, but they are pretty tame in comparison to what we see today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's pretty funny when you go back and watch these. And I've mentioned this on some of the earlier episodes that these these movies are just you during the 80s. These movies were held up as examples of super gory movies and how terrible they were to mm-hmm. to children and and everything and it was and the, and the moral decay of society as a whole and it was just they're not that bad like we see <laughs> we see worse stuff on tv today yes. than we did uh-huh. in these movies and it's like you know i guess that's a, a kind of you know the 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 you know natural progression um from that point to now sure i can agree with that but seeing that whole panic about that kind of stuff and and how bad it was back in the day and like you know Siskel and Ebert were always like talking about how terrible these movies were and blah 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 
And it's like, okay, these movies are really, really not that bad compared to you know, stuff we see today. So yeah, you know, I, I hesitate and, to think how they would react now. <laughs> but then I would even say that compared to a lot of things that were around at the time as well, these these movies are relatively tame. Um, yeah. You know, I, I would even compare it to something like the uh, the, the first Evil Dead movie, which is um, oh yeah, hard going at times. You know, it's really, really gruesome and and yeah. over the top and. Uh, um, like that that's that's certainly more in that wheelhouse, I suppose. Um can I ask you, Robert, what did you think of um of the, the design of Jason in this film? Obviously we don't get to spend a lot of time with him, but what did you think of that? If the, the it, yeah, it's very weird. They were obviously going for something. I'm not quite sure <laughs> what they were going for with this, with the like the mask like melded into his face. Mm. Um, like that's that's what was confusing too. Like the 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 couple of times you get to see him, he's he's got that, and it's like, but why? Like I, <laughs> I get that every time they try to go for a different look, which was kind of odd. Um, because if you really look back, his best design was probably in number seven. Um, yeah, especially yeah, with the mace, yeah. the, the mask, and then the mask comes off in number seven. And the makeup effects on that are really good. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that that's like the to me the 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 franchise highlight. And so like and then number eight just like totally biffs that. And then it's kind mm. of like the same the, the rest of the series is just doesn't quite land um, the rest of the time. Uh, so it's just it is a weird choice to to have that smushed in. And it's so funny too because Kane Hodder got to play him from yeah. You know, um, um, from seven until Jason X. And so each time he's got like this different look, uh, each director is just like, no, 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 we don't like that. We're going to change it. We're going to make him different in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a choice. It was definitely a choice. <laughs> Again, yeah. I think it's one of those things where I think every choice they had, they went with the wrong choice. <laughs> um, I'm sure people like this version of him. I know there's people who love this movie. I don't know how they can love it. Like even even if you're watching it just as a bad is a so bad it's good movie, I just I can't agree. It's it's yep. It's it, like at least for me, I can't watch this and think, "Oh, well, it's hilarious." Maybe if I were watching with other people and we were like, you know, you know, laughing at it together, sure, I could kind of see that, but mm. you know, but well, even then, know, like if that's my sole reason for watching it, that doesn't seem like much fun to me. So. Yeah, like I, uh, like I said, I watched this with my my sixteen year old daughter. But the, yeah. the, the the lure that I used to get her to sit down and watch it with me was Jason X because I was like, listen, yeah. you you need to just trust me. Jason X is is phenomenal. It, like you'll <laughs> love it. But about halfway through this film, this film, she was very much like. I mean, I, I'll watch this to the end because I've watched the, the first 45 minutes, but I don't know if I want to watch Jason X. I was like, oh, honey, please, come on. You <laughs> you, need to st- you need to stay the course here. You need to pay the pain just now for the long-term gains of Jason X. Trust me, it's worth it. And um, yeah, it's it's you're right. It's it's not so bad that it's good. It's just really bad. There, there are, as I said, throughout the film, there are a few moments that are absolutely gold dust, but it, it's unintentional yeah. comedy. I will not accept yes. I will not accept the reading that this is meant to be funny. Uh, like I said, almost any time uh, Creighton Duke is on the screen, you yeah. know, something either insane or hilarious is about to occur. Um, I mean, even his death, you know, when like he gets thrown out the window into the jungle gym. And apparently that's the same jungle gym from uh, from the birds. The birds, yeah. yeah. What? Oh, my. I mean, like, uh, that's that's disgraceful. That should never have been used in this film. That's, right? That's like a, it's like the silly and the good name of the birds just by having that, that should have just been put in a museum after that point. Yeah, like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. We're, we're putting that in the museum. <laughs> don't, don't sully then, that with like a Jason movie. Yeah. And, and then, you know, when we, when we finally get a look at the, uh, the thing that was inside Jason, you know, the, yeah. as uh, my, my, my daughter titled it, the, the Demi Jason, cause it looks like the thing from stranger things. Like, yeah, yeah. It, but it's, it's so terrible looking. And, I don't know about you, right? But I remember the poster for this film more than I remember the film itself yeah. before I watched it. And I was expecting some sort of like horrible worm-like slug or something because that's yeah. what's on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what, what was the thing on the poster? Is that something else? Did, did I miss something? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I mean, like I said, 
Um, I was going to say not to be cruel, but yeah, I'm going to be cruel. This feels <laughs> on every conceivable level that a film is able to fail, fail on. Uh, there is there are no redeeming qualities to it, and I really don't think I could see myself sitting down to watch this again, even even ironically, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I I agree with you. Yeah, I just yeah, it's 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 very weird. And and the funny thing is, is that at the end of this, we get the tease of. Freddy dragging oh, his mask yeah. down to hell. And that mm-hmm. that's like, again, the opening scene is, is actually okay. It's actually yeah. kind yeah, of fun. The very end, like when the, that gets, when, when Freddy's hand comes out and drags him to hell, that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. but that's literally the only two bits of this movie that are even remotely fun or interesting. Yeah, um, I agree. And it just, it just fails on every level. Um, but, yeah, but let's go ahead and talk about Jason X now. Yes, let's let's do it. I'm excited. I'm happy. Oh, so they again, they were supposed to make Freddy versus Jason. They'd been trying to make Freddy versus Jason mm. at least since 1987. Mm-hmm. After 93, of course, after you see that moment in Jason Goes to Hell, you're like, OK, they're finally going to do it. It took another 10 years for them to do that. That's and crazy. In, in the intervening time. They were just like, okay, let's just throw out another Jason movie just so that we can appease the fans at some point. Um, and weirdly, this came out in 2001. So it was eight years later that yeah. you know this movie came out after Jason Goes to Hell. And this one, I, I honestly, I do not have the same love for it that a lot of people do. It's these two movies, both Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X are very much the lowest on my list of uh, of the whole franchise um right. but i do like what jason x tries to do uh in kind of just like you know throwing everything at the wall and mm-hmm. somewhat succeeding at it it's it's yeah. it's a lot more fun it's a lot more coherent um and uh you know just generally speaking it is it's it's a it's just a fun movie so so i'm i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna say something controversial here right given what you okay. just said there um, Jason X is my number one Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> I love the bones of this film. And oh, not no. not in, a, in an, an ironic, detached sort of way, because this is a film that understands what it's doing. It knows yeah, what it is. No, it completely sure. leans into it. It's silly and funny without being like over the top ridiculous because you can still follow the plot and understand the yes. stakes and the characters. Uh, there's a couple of notable characters as well who actually, you know, make a, a, an impact on you as a viewer and you remember them and you're almost rooting for them. Um, it's packed full of phenomenal deaths, some truly <laughs> magnificent uh, death scenes in this movie. Um, and it's got David Cronenberg uh, in the, in the yeah. opening scene. So it's like, it, it's it's packed full of everything that I could possibly want. Um Jason is back. I, I know what you mean about the design, but I I quite like the design of Jason. In oh, this. I like the design in this yeah. one. Yeah, and then and then obviously Uber Jason later in the film is yeah. a work of unparalleled genius. How do you make an unstoppable supernatural killing machine more scary? You Robocop him. That's what you do. Yep. And suddenly, suddenly it just takes on this new realm of insanity. And again, like I said, unlike the last film, which was insane because it didn't, none of it connected. There was no, nothing that made any sense. Uh, this this is, a, this is a film that's close to my heart. And I, I watched it loads when it first came out. I went to the cinema to see it. Um, I watched it over and over again. And uh, yeah, like I've not watched it in a few years. So this was a real treat to go back to. And after I watched yeah, Jason Goes to Hell, I was, I'm not lying, but I was a bit concerned. I thought, oh no. Am I misremembering Jason X? Is it actually dreadful? And it's like, nope, nope, it's still great, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a lot of fun. I will give it that. It is, it is a lot of fun. It's, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the space setting, and that's my only issue. Mm. Like, I don't like it because they're trying to do something like that's kind of like an alien ripoff in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and so this movie was written by uh, Todd Farmer. He, uh, uh, he's actually a, a writer and an actor. He plays uh, a character in the movie as well. Mm. Uh, he plays uh, Dallas, um, the, the bald guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And so, and he's written a couple other movies that I really enjoy uh, movies that he wrote uh, that uh, Patrick Lussier uh, directed uh, the uh, my bloody Valentine remake and oh. uh, drive angry uh, with uh, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, so yeah. I really enjoy both of those movies because they are both insane, like fun, just, <laughs> you know, just cheesy, goofy movies that, you know, are just fun to watch. And so you get that in this one. This was one of his, I think, his first writing job his first big writing job um mm-hmm. and so you know he 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 puts a lot of good stuff in it like i i i i love the the opening you know definitely david cronenberg getting killed that was the only reason why david cronenberg even agreed to be in the movie was <laughs> that he got to die on screen um <laughs> so it's like okay yeah let, if that's what you want let's do it um that that opening so, yeah. scene Sorry, that opening was just my, my daughter gave a, a wonderful callback the next night when she was watching that. And it comes up on the screen, you know, um, the Crystal Lake facility, a uh, Camp Crystal Lake facility. Yeah. And Jason's there and he's all like trussed up in chains. And again, she just muttered, Yeah, that, that definitely feels legal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting that both of these movies like have this, you know, this weird like Jason being captured motif mm-hmm. uh, to both of them, you know, in the, in the, in, in Jason goes to hell, he's you know caught and exploded. And then mm-hmm. uh, in this one, he's, you know, we don't see them catch him. He's just already caught um, mm-hmm. just completely ignoring, you know, whatever else has happened in the intervening time. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, I, I I found that part interesting, and in the, the beginning's fun because you know, of course, Jason gets loose and mm-hmm. starts killing people, and you know, manages to get put into a cryo chamber, and uh, <laughs> uh, wakes up or, or gets thawed out over four hundred years later. Mm. Of course, he does perfectly normal. Yeah, of course. You know, um, you know, we'd already had Leprechaun in space. We'd had Hell Hellraiser in space. Why not throw Jason in space too? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's worked for them. Let's do it. There. Yeah, I mean this. This I think this film looks terrific as well. I think it's held up quite well. I mean, it's very much of its time, and you can certainly yes. tell that from yeah. the, the effects and you know the, the, even just the style in which it's shot. Um, but I, I think it still holds up remarkably well. Again, not something at all I expected. Um, as I said, in terms of the notable deaths, uh, there's a, there's that moment early on. Uh, when you know that you're you're looking at all the marines and they're, they're kind of they're doing whatever it is they're doing. I don't really know what they're meant to be doing on the ship, but they're doing whatever it is. And one of them appears to be sharpening a giant drill bit, and it's like ah, Chekhov's drill bit. Uh, we meet again. So like the minute you saw that, it's like well, I, I know it's coming here. Um, and then you know it follows through on the great premise. You know Jason's got all these new tools at his disposal, and they just let him go nuts, which it's just so much fun. Um, and like. You know the makeup of the crew is is really weird, but I, I didn't. I'll, I'll be honest, because I've got such goodwill towards, I didn't question it too much. <laughs> so why are there? Why are these like skimpily, uh, scantily dressed uh, students traveling with this professor across the galaxy to to visit the 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 remains of old Earth, and then they go back onto the ship, and suddenly there's like a, a host of Marines on the ship as well. Why why are they there? And then like. The uh, you know, as you said earlier, like the 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 pilots look as if they've stepped straight out of the straight off the the dock of the Nostromo onto this ship yeah. in order to take them around. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's cribbing from a lot of films, but there's he, a few uh, different movies going on in here. Yeah, yeah, and but he, he's kind of doing it knowingly. And again, there is a there's a yeah. constant wink at the audience all the way through this. Um, there are some there are some really funny moments that are so over the top that, it, you know, that, that it works perfectly. Um, you know, like when, uh, with the, I forget his name, but the, the guy who's kind of in charge of the Marines and, you know, Jason skewers him and he, he kind of was like, ah, it'll take more than a poke in the ribs to stop this old dog. And then a second <laughs> skewer goes through and he goes, oh yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> All the way through, yeah. or the, the guy who is who is uh, impaled on the giant drill bit and like slowly rotates his way down <laughs> to the bottom, only for one of the marines to comment, "Ah, oh, he's screwed." And it's, yeah. Yes, yes, that's what I would have said. I'm so happy you're there. That's brilliant. 
Um, no, it's great. It definitely does this like nice wink and a nod to like mm-hmm. 80s kind of action. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with the weird jokes and everything. Um, and just, yeah, it's it's several different movies all mashed oh, yeah, together, yeah. but with a wink and a nod to it all. And it it, de- it definitely, this one where Jason goes to hell was actually trying to take itself seriously, which was mm-hmm. weird. This one doesn't take itself seriously at all. It knows yeah, what it's yeah. doing. It's It's got this weird... It, it's got the aliens vibe to it, but it also has that weird nine, like late nineties, early two thousands, uh, sci-fi TV show, <laughs> yes. um, like, you know, Babylon five Farscape mm-hmm. kind of aesthetic to it. Yeah. Um, and that, just like, you know, for some reason, all the students are wearing like macrame clothing, like, <laughs> like, like the weird material of the clothing was just like, why is everybody wearing like midriff sweaters? Yeah, like, like what's with the the crop top scientists? I didn't quite yeah. get that, you know. It's like don't get me wrong. Hey, you wear what you want to wear, you know. And if that's the fashion yeah. in the year twenty four hundred, then so be it. But uh, yeah, it, it's like I said, it, I just think it, it knows what it's doing so well, and it gets the yeah. tone just right. And I, I also just when you're mentioning the last film, I mean, this film kind of does the polar opposite in a way. Uh, well, not just by making a coherent film, but by also. Yeah. Um, moving away from the supernatural conceit they're kind of leaning into making jason's they repurpose him as like a sci-fi villain yeah. you know they talk yeah. about you know they've been doing all these tests on him and you, know, you get these amazing regenerative abilities like he's like he's some sort of mutant who stumbled out of the x-men yeah. um but that kind of it really leans into that side of it before sending him sending him off to space yeah. whereas the other film was more interested in no, 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 no. He's, you know, he's he's a supernatural being, and you know that's why he can't be stopped. It's got nothing to do with, uh, you know, his, his physical form. There's a thing inside him that can, you know, that can move from person to person. And yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm really glad. That, oh, I, I mean, I'm not sure if this was the case, but it did feel a little bit like this film was saying, no, no, we let's get this, but let's get it back on track. Like he's a he's yeah. an unstoppable killing machine. Uh, we can have fun with that concept, but let's not go down the. Uh, it was honestly that that idea of him jumping from body to body really annoyed me because yeah. it's so out of nowhere. You know, it's, it's well, not because you didn't have that. Jason anymore. It wasn't Jason. <laughs> it was just this entity moving from body to body, and it was just like, <laughs> well, you take Jason out of it, then it just makes no sense. And like they didn't even like, okay, well, like here's my thing: even if you're gonna mm. have body hop, grab the damn mask and put oh, it yeah, on. Yeah. Like at least that would have made it slightly more interesting because then mm-hmm. you would have had different people wearing the mask and just been like, why are you wearing that mask? Oh, you know, I'm dead. Um, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> but you know, it's just, you know, and this was, what's interesting, you know, as I've talked about these um, through, through, through the episodes, you know, we have the first four movies and the first four mm-hmm. movies. I mean, the barring number one, number one is Pamela. Then two yeah. through four are, are Jason. But it's a very human Jason. He gets hurt. He gets killed. And, you know, by number four, he's actually fully dead. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Finito. Number five isn't Jason again. And then number six, he's brought back to life, mm-hmm. you know, and he's basically zombie Frankenstein Jason in a way. Yeah. And that goes from six to six through eight. That's your supernatural version right there. Mm-hmm. That's the unkillable, you know, monster stalking everything like i don't know why they needed to reinvent it with number with with jason goes to hell it's like you already had that supernatural aspect you didn't need to re-explain it and like it just i don't know it's it just fails so it's great getting that like you said getting that with jason x it's just like okay so he's got this regenerative ability okay that makes that i mean you know makes sense in terms of science Mm -hmm. fiction you know so at least that like that part of it is more entertaining and more fun of an explanation mm-hmm. rather than going, oh well, it's this weird thing that goes from the body hops. And it's like that never happened. So yeah, I mean, they, they even go to the extent of giving him back his uh, his machete. Admittedly, it's a shiny, yes. futuristic machete. Yeah, but I mean, it, it was sadly lacking from the last film, and I think the, the, the last film was like the only movie where he doesn't kill someone with a machete. And you just think, oh, you, if you're not even going to have them do that, then just, you know, don't use Jason because you've taken away everything that's recognizable about the character. And like you said, you've kind of tried to repurpose it for your own ends. And like, just if, if you're going to do that, which is fine, but just, just make a different movie. You know, you don't even need to have Jason in it. Just do your own thing with it. Um, and so I, I need to, I need to get this out here uh, because I, I read this today and it made me, 
immeasurably happy. So if you if you'll indulge me a wee bit, Robert. Um, so right. in in the in the last film, they mentioned that Jason's killed something like like one hundred and twenty people. At last count, or, no, it's it's eighty five. But by the end of that film, it's over a hundred. Okay, and they mentioned at the start of this movie, that he's actually now killed over two hundred people. So. Like in the was that like twelve years that will have passed, he's he's yeah. very busy again, which which I like. I like to see he doesn't waste time. He may have been dragged off to hell, but he made his way back quite quickly. Yeah. Now, this film features twenty eight on screen kills, which surely that's got to be like a record for Jason up to this point. Like actually, that we see on screen. Um, but writer Todd Farmer confirmed that actually there were over twenty thousand deaths due to the space station explosion, um, <laughs> yeah. and. Yeah. And Todd Farmer broke this down for us. So I'm going to give you what he put. This is the list, okay? So on the space station, there were 19,727 humans, 207 <laughs> dogs, 17 <laughs> cats, 4,713 angelfish, guppies, neons, and mollies, three gerbils, 14 rats, <laughs> one pony, and a Komodo dragon. So I love that Jason's kill count is now... <laughs> like inarguably above every other slasher villains in the history yeah, of cinema. <laughs> That's funny. Well, and the funny thing is, is like, you know, I also found out that, you know, when researching this, that once he becomes Uber Jason, he actually doesn't kill anybody. Like the deaths that happen are, you know, incidental to him. Like, sure, they're trying to go after him, but they don't actually get killed by him. I um, didn't think of it. That's a really good spot. Yeah. 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 And I was just like, oh, that's weird. You know, I mean, obviously they happen because of him like coming after <laughs> yeah. them and everything and and the and and the ship getting destroyed and all everything. So, but it's just like, okay, that's it, it sounds weird. to me, Robert, what like you're saying is we really need a legacy sequel to be made uh, with Uber Jason <laughs> on board uh, Earth 2 uh, rampaging hey, through new, they did new Crystal Lake. leave it open. For oh, a sequel, oh, one of one. <laughs> Although of my, I don't know how, the, but you know, <laughs> one of the great lost films of our generation, Robert. That's what that is. Jason X Two. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, um, I remember it being in the cinema watching this, and uh, <laughs> it was it was all my partner at the thing could do to stop me from like standing up and applauding when when the film <laughs> ended. But everything about it was great. <clears throat> But when it ends with him crash landing in New Crystal and yeah. uh, New Camp Crystal Lake, I just like, well, this is just the mwah, the chef's kiss of an ending. Yeah. It can't get any better than this for me. Um, yeah, I, I, and again, it's full of little fun touches, isn't it? Like the um, the android that goes up against him, who you know teaches herself, or she gets a download of, of kung fu, uh, yeah. and she's like jumping around like uh, like Neo in the Matrix and blowing him to bits with her machine guns. Disappointing, she didn't realize where she'd left his hulking headless corpse because you think as an android she'd be a bit more thorough than that. Um, yeah. But but that aside, that whole scene is hilarious. Um, and again, like he like he's done in previous films. You know, dispatching what appears to be a rather capable uh, opponent with just a, a quick hit to the head. He decapitates yeah. her once he's back up on his feet, which I absolutely <laughs> love. Um, yeah, and, and like I said, Uber Jason is phenomenal. I, I'll accept no debate on this from anyone. He looks terrific. <laughs> the design Oh, he is looks amazing. great, yeah. It's so cool. Um, and like I said earlier, like just making the most unstoppable killing machine in the history of horror, even more unstoppable. It's yeah. quite, it's quite a remarkable move. I really enjoyed that. Oh yeah, no, it's it's it that 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 is that is definitely. I I like the design of Uber Jason, and I think that it's 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 definitely a shame that we haven't gotten more of at least that version yeah. of him. Um, I I don't necessarily think like I I think it would be cool to see uh, like Uber Jason more in a you know on earth too like that kind of earth too like just hunting yeah. down people there with future technology and everything and seeing how that goes uh outside of the space and you know the the spaceship realm and everything because you know in in effect jason x kind of reminds me of uh um uh jason goes to manhattan mm. uh because you know they're on the boat most of the time so <laughs> you know you're you're just so it's very similar he's going to another place but it's most of the kills and everything happened <laughs> on on a ship you know yeah so <laughs> but uh yeah no and i i think that jason x has arguably one of the best kills and that's the the oh my god 
sorry, the uh, the uh, the oh um, yeah, the, the liquid nitrogen bath liquid nitrogen yeah thank yeah. you oh. uh, the liquid nitrogen yeah that is such because it's so like not only does he get it and she freezes she dies instantly but then he brutally smashes her face <laughs> into the counter and it's just like ha ow yes. um <laughs> like yeah that, it's just that, that, it's a great great kill yeah, that is one of that is one of the all time greats, isn't it? And you see that show up on a lot of lists actually when people are doing yeah. like you know the greatest on screen deaths. Uh, that one often comes up. Like I said, there's that one. There's the the massive drill bit, which is hilarious. Um, I I, I really enjoyed the the poor pilot who is is ripped in four. It would appear we don't see it. We just see the aftermath. It's like his his guts and everything are spread all over the cabin. Um, and then when the engineer stumbles across him later in the film. He, can, he says, oh, yeah, you know, I've seen worse during the Microsoft conflict. Like, yes, the Microsoft conflict. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Make that film. Give me that spinoff. I'd be happy to watch that. Right. Um, it's, yeah. And uh, oh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, those poor campers at Virtual Camp Crystal Lake. Um <laughs> Again, Robert, I could uh, as long as I live, I will remember being in the cinema because it was a packed screening that we, we went to see this movie in. And uh, when the the camera jump cuts back to Jason beating one camper to death with the <laughs> other camper in the sleeping bag, that was one of the biggest laughs I've ever heard in a in a, in a theater. That people were dying watching. That was so funny. And again, like I said, I think that's what a lot of my love for this film comes down to, yeah. is the utter absurdity of it. It's not get some of the creep factors that, that's in some of the really yeah. early Friday the 13th movies, and it's very much its own beast, you know, it's doing its own thing. Um, yeah. There are few films I remember having as much fun watching first time round that then hold up subsequently for me and, and give me a lot of joy. Um, and and like I say, I, I I fight back against people who tell me it's a bad film because I don't think it is. Yeah. It would be a bad film if it was trying to be, you know, if it was trying to be alien, you know, if it was trying to be some sort of Absolutely, somber, yeah. uh, you know, some sort of somber exploration <laughs> of the human condition and, you know, the, the, the inhospitable nature of, of the, of the, of the, the deepest, darkest recesses of space. But the film isn't that it knows what it's doing and on its own merits it really succeeds at, at being a terrifically fun campy thrill ride that you know keeps you entertained from minute to minute filled with ridiculously killable characters who more often than not you're delighted to see meet their <laughs> grisly ends i mean the, the vast majority of them in particular Special shout out to the horrendously creepy jo uh, Professor Lowe, played by Jonathan Potts. Yeah. I mean, he's vibing like a creep long before we see him have that weird kinky sex with one of his students. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah, when he when Jason catches up with him, it's so satisfying. And uh, I don't know anything about this. I actually think uh, Lexa Doig is, is a terrific sort of final girl. I think she's really good in this. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think it's funny too because her and the woman that played the uh android in this uh mm. were on a um sci fi TV show. Um, the name escapes me at the moment. Oh, it's uh, Andromeda, isn't it? Andromeda, Andromeda, yes, that's it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, unfortunately, the lead on that was Kevin Sorbo, and we'll leave that alone. Oh, um, and so, <laughs> so we uh, but yeah. Uh, they they were both in that show, but their roles were reversed. Um, Alexa Doig actually played the android in that ah. show. Uh, so yeah, I never actually I never saw Andromeda. Um, yeah, I've and, never seen it. I wish I could say it was because I could sense that Kevin Sorbo was a, a, an enormous loser, but I just think it was uh, it just it didn't appeal to me. Um, yeah, but no, I, I didn't realize that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that just that Andromeda was one of those ones. And it looked like it lasted a long time. I mean, obviously it had a fan base to it, but it's just for me, like sci-fi is just one of those ones that I don't pay a lot of attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so and then plus there was just this glut of stuff. Like I said, Babylon 5, Farscape, Andromeda, all these sci-fi shows that are coming around, out within you know a 10 year span that were just seemed very much um, Star Trek knockoffs. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, what you mentioned earlier, I think spot on. I mean, that's a great way of looking at it. It does look like a Babylon Five episode. Yeah, um, and maybe if, if Babylon Five had Jason Voorhees marching through the corridors, <laughs> I'd have been more inclined to watch it. If, yeah, if exactly. With you, but uh, <laughs> alas, it passed me by. Yes, yes. 
All right. Yes. Uh, do do we have any um, final thoughts about either of these two movies that we haven't already mentioned? Uh, well, I, I would just like to to say again, um, people should avoid Jason Goes to the Hell. We watched it for you. You know, you don't yes. need, you don't need to put yourself through. We we've done the hard work. Um, it, it's not worth watching. I mean, if you can get like a a mega cut of Creighton Duke and his scenes, uh, just watch that on YouTube. Um, <laughs> yes, because there you go. It, watching it out of sequence and without any other film around it his scenes will make as much sense as they do in the finished product because <laughs> yeah it's just all it's all bonkers all the time um yes and and jason x honestly folks i cannot stress enough that i'm not <laughs> being ironic when i say this I'm not, this isn't like some sort of trick to get you to watch a terrible film you will have a blast with this film if you go in looking for something that's going to just entertain you for like 90 minutes turn your brain off at the door enjoy some of the most inventive death scenes that I think you'll ever see, like some truly <laughs> remarkable moments. Um, and uh, some really fun characters who you will enjoy seeing ripped to shreds by a rampaging robo Jason. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, even though Jason X is down you know, far, like far down on my list, that doesn't make it necessarily a bad movie. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, you you just got to know going into it exactly what you're getting into um and just mm-hmm. you know like you said it's just you know cyborg jason you know, wrecking everything on a on a on a spaceship you know it's mm-hmm. just jason in space um <laughs> and once you once you once you understand that go into it and just have fun with it so yeah there's, there's can, not nothing much else you can say <laughs> can i ask you robert um sure you know, having gone through all these movies and, and kind of uh, suffered in some cases for our, for our pleasure, um, which other character, which other horror character at this point would you like to see in space? <laughs> don't don't act like you've not thought about it. Come on. Everyone I actually haven't. That's actually funny. Um, you know, and I actually haven't watched uh, the Leprechaun movies yet, so I haven't seen the Leprechaun in Space one. I haven't seen the Hellraiser in Space movie. The, the um, Hellraiser in Space one is is again a bit like this one. It's it's a bit silly and a bit over the top, but you'll have fun with it. I think yeah. Leprechaun, I, I cannot see the same for. I'm afraid. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, come on, you know, we already got Jason. Why does, why not Freddy in space? You know, Freddy yeah. in space would be good. I've got people still have dreams. Personally, I want uh, I want Jigsaw in space, um, and and let's be honest. I mean, like John Kramer died in that franchise in the, the second film, third film, uh, which was about yeah. twenty years ago. But he's still appearing in the new films that are coming out yes. now. So yeah. I don't think there's any issue with it. have him show up as a hologram or a cyborg. Yeah, Give me a cyborg, go. John Kramer. Um, but yeah, go. and again, imagine imagine the dark delights that man could conjure given access to twenty fourth century <laughs> technology. Oh. The main or, boggles, or, or, yeah, or or beyond. You know, if or he's beyond, in space, yeah. you know, it's even <laughs> even crazier technology. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I thank you again for coming on the show. Um, let people know where they can find you, and uh, if you have anything you want to plug. Yeah. Um. Thank. Listen. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, any excuse to talk about Jason X. <laughs> um. I, I actually held myself in reserve there, Robert. I could have gone for an hour forty-five minutes just espousing my love for that film. So, uh, I have reined it in. Um. So yeah, people can find me. Or uh, I'm on Twitter. Well, I'm on Twitter at the moment. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. If, if Mr. Musk yeah. has his way, uh, I'm at Angry Scotsman eighty one. Uh. You'll find all links to kind of my uh my writing there for the London Horror Society. I've uh, just sold a couple of short stories, so I'll probably be promoting them in the next couple of weeks. If you keep your eyes peeled, you'll see them as well. Um, and I would love if you would tune into my other podcast. We I have uh, vampire videos that I co-host with Dan Owen, uh, where we look back over 100 years of vampire cinema, one bite at a time. Uh, we've just finished our second season, and we are just about finished putting the third season together and looking towards the fourth already, which is insane to think that we only started a year ago. Uh, but we've covered some crazy. great films. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, yeah. We've covered some brilliant films. We've had the the wonderful Robert on as well to to cover. Uh, uh, what, what film was it? Day Shift we did Day together, Shift. wasn't it, Robert? Yep. Day Shift, yeah. yeah. I'm just waiting for that next invite. <laughs> oh, dude, don't worry. It's, it's in the post. We're, we are, we're booking guests so far ahead, though. Like, we've got some guests for like June booked already, which is just oh, wow. insane. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, check that out. We've uh, we've got episodes with uh, Danishka Esterhazy, who did the Slumber Party Massacre film. Uh, we've got Josh Rubin, uh, who seems to be everywhere at the moment. He was he did yes. an episode for us. Uh, Graham Hughes, a really talented young British director as well, was on. So yeah, lots of episodes for you to look at. And finally, um, if I could just plug uh, Podcast 616, of course. which me and Ashley Thomas uh, host, where we look at all things Marvel all the time. And again, the, uh, the wonderful host of Creepy and Geeky has been kind enough to join us <laughs> on there a couple of times. So, uh, yeah, check us out, guys. You can find us uh, on Twitter as well. Awesome. Yes, yes. Go check out both of those podcasts. They're both fun. Uh, yeah, and not just because I've been on both of them. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely go check out the episodes I was on, too. Definitely, um, yeah. They're the best ones, guys. The best ones. <laughs> uh, that's debatable. But, you know, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that Disagree with me. Don't, don't, t- don't tell the other guests that have been on. Don't Shh. be happy. Okay. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you coming on. It's always it's always uh, an awesome time talking to you. Cheers, brother. Thanks again to Hugh for joining me. Next episode is our Friday the 13th finale, and Cat Hughes joins me to talk all about Freddy vs. Jason and the 2009 Friday the 13th reboot. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at creepyandgeeky.com. You can follow the podcast on social media at creepyandgeeky on both Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, I'm GeekThulu on Twitter and Geek.Thulu on Instagram. You can support the podcast by ordering teas and more from our Tea Public page. All of the links are in the show notes. Finally, don't forget, stay creepy.